We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Digest podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. We got some big news to get into today. The Ducks added another huge commitment uh, in Jaleel Florence, 2022 cornerback from San Diego. Uh, and, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fun time here in Eugene. You know, we got fall camp going on. Ducks are, are making moves on the recruiting trail. And we just wanted to hop on this pod real quick and break it all down. I'm joined by Ducks Digest reporter Reed Tingley. Uh, Reed's kind of done a little bit of it all for us uh, since uh, joining the squad. He, he kind of, you know, he, his bread and butter is recruiting, but he got to come out and, and join, uh, join me and Eugene for a little bit for the Saturday Night Live camp, as well as um, a little bit of Oregon Football Media Day. So um, he's, uh, he's an up-and-comer for sure, and uh, I'm glad to have him on to talk about this news. How are we doing, Reed? I'm doing great. Excited to be here, Max. Um, yeah, it's just exciting that football's finally coming back in swing. Uh, fall season's getting right around the corner, and it's going to be a full season, actually, unlike last year. So I'm super excited for that um, and excited to get into some recruiting news, like you said. Absolutely, man. All right, well, let's just hop right into it then. So uh, like I said, you know, in the, in the intro here, Ducks adding cornerback Jaleel Florence to this 2022 class, already a really strong group of guys uh, in the fold for 2022 tops in the pack 12. And, uh, you know, the ducks, I think one of the biggest storylines here uh, is the fact that the ducks keep strengthening that San Diego pipeline. Uh, tons of players on the roster currently, you know, current ducks. We got Darren Barkins, who's also a corner CJ Verdell uh, and Byron Carwell. Um, so you're adding to that. And then we have some commits, in the fold as well with, with Grayson Halton also being a guy from San Diego out of St. Uh, Augustine. So that that's definitely a, a good storyline there for the Ducks. But uh, yeah, Reed, let's just kind of hop into it with, with some of your thoughts off top here. Yeah, I think that, you know, this has been a name uh, in Jaleel Florence that Ducks fans have been looking at for a while now, kind of hoping that this uh, longtime recruitment and investment in San Diego would result in his commitment and to finally have that come to fruition, especially being out uh, Pac-12 rival Washington, who is in the top three, as well as Michigan for his commitment uh, earlier today is a big news uh, for the Ducks. Um, it's especially big because, you know, this they've been waiting to get a cornerback uh, introduced in this cycle and bringing him in is a huge step in that direction. 
Um, and then obviously, you know, the next domino that everyone's going to look towards is, is his high school teammate and fellow cornerback, uh, Jaleel Tucker, who's also, you know, a very promising prospect and high on the ducks, uh, priority list. So I think it was a huge day for the ducks. Um, and hopefully it's just a sign of, of more positive recruiting momentum to come. Absolutely. You know, you talk about, uh, you know, Jaleel Tucker, um, we have updates on both of the Jaleels on Ducks Digest. If you guys want to tune into those and see what they thought about their uh, recent trips up here to Eugene uh, during the Saturday Night Live recruiting camp. But, uh, you know, Reed, you talk about Tucker. I think it's kind of interesting with him because when I talked to him, he was saying that, uh, you know, one of the reasons he put uh, FSU in his top three, the top three for people who don't know, Oregon, Washington and Florida State. Uh, so you see that overlap between the two Jaleels with Oregon and Washington. Um, but he's actually getting looked at as a wide receiver for the most part uh, when it comes to the Seminoles. Um, so that was kind of why he was uh, hoping to, to hopefully get some more communication going with them. Uh, but he told me that Oregon and Washington are, you know, they've said that it's a, it's a possibility for him to, to play both uh, at the next level. Um, but I think the, the bigger need for Oregon, especially with how they've been doing in this 22 cycle so far, is probably at corner with the, with the receivers they got. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, uh, there, there are a lot of good receivers on this board for sure. Um, and, and the ducks are filling up in spots there. So cornerbacks a priority and, and both these guys address that need uh, really well. I think also just in terms of that San Diego pipeline, funnily enough, I think maybe the most important name to watch in the ducks presence in San Diego isn't a current player. Uh, it's actually someone old Ducks fans would be familiar with, Achilles Smith, a uh, quarterback who's involved in the football scene down there, uh, from what I know has been kind of instrumental in, in spreading the Ducks name in San Diego um, and making connections with some of these key recruits. Um, and he's someone who isn't shy about, you know, letting, letting you know how much he enjoyed his time at Oregon. Uh, so I think that that's kind of a fun wrinkle in this new San Diego pipeline. Uh, that some older Ducks fans especially will appreciate. It's uh, it's never going to hurt you having an accomplished alum uh, down there in, in San Diego kind of advocating for you. And just since we're talking about San Diego, I think L.A. gets all the buzz when we're talking about SoCal from a football standpoint. But San Diego's got some ballers. They've got some some really good players that have come out of there. Um, you know, we've talked about the guys that are that are there uh, currently here in Eugene, but um the, the talent uh, keeps coming out of, out of San Diego, which is uh, definitely a hotbed for, for talent across the country when you're looking at people that are going to play big-time college ball. Um, and another you know, point I wanted to hit on here with, with Florence's commitment is the not only is he the first corner in the Ducks class, I just feel like they, they need to keep looking toward the future, especially with Michael Wright looking like he's going to uh, head to the league here after this season. I mean, the dude's just been a stud since he, since he got to Eugene. So he's kind of following that similar trajectory um, to KT as far as being a three and done kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously the ducks are kind of in this transition period because they had guys like Diamador Lenore, Thomas Graham, Javon Holland here uh, in recent years. And after that Rose bowl year, those guys left Diamador stayed one more year and now he's gone. So I think it's time for that new generation to step up. Uh, some young blood in the room. And part of that is guys who are already on campus right now, but then also you have to kind of keep elevating that standard on the recruiting trail. Um, and I think, you know, just talking about Florence, 
Uh, he's a guy who I have no doubt, you know, could be a, a very successful player in college and a major contributor for the Ducks down the road. So I think that's a big time pickup and a great step in that direction to shoring up the future of that cornerback room. Yeah, we have a, you talk about kind of how he projects at the next level. Um, we do have some analysis to get into in just a sec, but you talked about kind of the, the young blood. Uh, on the Oregon roster. And one of the guys that I've been able to talk to recently here at fall camp in Eugene is Triquez Bridges, who came in as a safety. He's moving to corner and uh, there's definitely a lot of reason to be excited. I mean, the, the dude's six, three, and I tweeted this uh, the other day. Um, I mean, Reed towers over me at six, four, but, uh, but what I was saying is I'm, so I'm six foot. Most of the DBs I talked to are, you know, fairly eye level. But when I was talking to Triquez, that dude, I was just looking up because he is a huge dude. He's getting real cut. Like he just looks like someone who, who can, um, you know, make a big impact. And he said he had a seven, two wingspan, which is pretty insane. Set the Alabama state record for interceptions with 36 as a high schooler and then 13 pick sixes. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of capable names uh, for Rod chance at cornerback that are currently in Eugene. Uh, and that goes without saying that Dante Manning's also there. I haven't gotten to talk to him personally yet. He's a name that I'm really hoping to, to get to speak with here. But, you know, even, even if the Ducks had a bunch of bona fide studs that were all ready to go right now, I don't think it would change their recruiting approach in this sense. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you talk with Mario Cristobal or you hear him speak to the media, and he's just always about never stopping the grind of recruiting. Uh, and that's how you win at, at high-level college football these days. You can't, uh, you know, sacrifice recruiting a talented prospect just because you have someone on the roster already. Uh, you always got to keep bringing in new talent and keep that mentality of competition in the program uh, because at the end of the day, that's what elevates all the players to a better level is, is having other guys push them um, and having more talent come in behind them and, and make them hungrier to, to get better and get back in the weight room and, uh, do that extra rep on the practice field and all of that. You talk about Mario, uh, kind of a funny side note here in the, in the Florence recruitment, uh, talked to him after his visit, obviously. And then, uh, I sent him the story. That's kind of just something I always like to do. Uh, I think that's a practice I kind of told you to, it's good to pick up as you write about it. You talk to a guy, you write the story up and then you send it to him and say, Hey, this is kind of how things turned out. Just kind of a, I guess a little bit of a journalism one-on-one type of deal, but I was texting him later that night. And he said that uh, Crystal Ball had seen his story, seen the story or sent it to him or something. I think it was, yeah, he said that Crystal Ball sent it to him. And I was asking him, I'm like, oh, did he, did he say anything else? And he said, he just said, just getting started, um, <laughs> which is funny because it's, it's such, it, I just feel like it sums up everything that Crystal Ball kind of has in mind when it comes to his recruiting approach and his uh, uh, philosophy at Oregon. Oregon could win a national championship this year and he would not say, anything else I don't have a doubt in my mind that he would just still say just getting started so um, you know I just think that that he's done a great job of drumming up excitement uh, behind this program and and this is a, another big addition that I think is gonna um, you know pay dividends for for them down the road yeah absolutely it's always about the next thing with with Chris Ball and that's that's how you build a successful program uh, especially being geared towards that kind of process oriented mindset you don't focus on the results as much as you just keep trying to get better at your craft uh, and the results will follow after that. Exactly. Yeah. The, the results are, are definitely, uh, you know, they're, they're coming for a lot of guys that are, you know, looking to step into bigger roles this year. Right. You know, 
when we're talking to some of these guys, they're, they're, they're not taking the approach of like, they don't look like, you know, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say shell shocked, but that's probably not the right word. Like they, they don't look like super surprised. They look like they're carrying themselves with that kind of confidence. Like, Oh yeah, I expected to be here. Like, this is what, what was kind of laid out for me. Um, and just since we're one more note here on, on Florence, uh, we have some analysis. Reed and I were talking about how we're both, you know, pretty plugged into recruiting as far as that goes, but we want to take another step in terms of just getting more analytical with breaking down film and, and kind of strengths and weaknesses type of deal. But uh, luckily we have a, a good support system here at uh, SI and um, we got a great one in John Garcia. He's the director of recruiting for SIL American. Um, and he helped me out with uh, some analysis on Florence. So I thought it would be easy to just read the, read the evaluation and then kind of give our reactions to that read. If that, if that sounds cool. Yeah, sounds great. So I'll, I'll just hop in here. Jaleel Florence is a rock solid pickup for Oregon's recruiting class of 2022 from both a football and athletic profile standpoint, a tall cornerback projection out of San Diego, Lincoln, Lincoln high, the rising senior recruit brings playmaking ability to the table at six foot one or so. With great length plus ball skills and good enough straight line speed to contest vertical routes, there is a lot to work with at the next level. The main question surrounding Florence's game is the position projection itself. Is he a boundary quarterback? Is safety a possibility? These are not bad things, but more of an indication of a bigger secondary prospect with strong instincts, willing physicality, and that knack for playing the football, all of which he shows on tape. Even during a condensed junior season, there were strong samples of all-around game. As a boundary projection, Florence fits with his comfort level of the line of scrimmage. With quick reaction time and length, he is at home rerouting wide receivers off the snap of the football with enough hip fluidity and long speed to widen the margin for error near the line. The speed confirmed by a 10.77 second PR in the 100-meter dash in June, also the same day he set his 200-meter PR, also enables Florence the chance to play some bail technique and to take chances over the top. So there you see that athleticism coming into play. And then winding down here, if the projection shifts to safety or a traditional field corner role, we don't need much imagination to see that developing as Florence adds strength. The baseline is there with good mechanics and technique, length and range to move around if need be, improving intricacies like the leverage game and compensating for above average competition will aid the transition into the Pac-12. Florence will continue to sport the green and white at the next level, flashing in a secondary wherever he lines up. Man, lots of good stuff there, Reed. What what do you you know, what were some of the maybe points that uh kind of stood out to you? Well, for me, you know, you look at the measurables, him being six one, um, you know, length isn't a question. And I think that that's a big positive because a lot of corners are being asked to cover bigger wide receivers nowadays. But the really important thing for me is is combining length with that fluidity and athleticism. Um that that uh garcia talked about in that evaluation because you know if you're just big but you don't have the fluidity to adjust uh, and cover a wide receiver within the route you're going to get burned and it it doesn't matter how tall you are if the wide receiver is five yards away from you downfield um so i think that you know him having that kind of unique blend of size and fluidity uh, from an athletic perspective um is what could make him a really special prospect at the next level. And I think that his stock will only continue to rise as he kind of puts that stuff on tape in a full senior season uh, this fall, hopefully. 
and you also love the fact that he's a dual sport guy, right? I think, I don't know if we've talked about it, but I feel like anytime you add a guy that does multiple sports, it's only going to help his projection and make it more likely for him to, to make an impact and, and adjust to the college level certainly has the speed for it. Uh, you know, I, I believe he's listed at six one by, by two, four, seven, you know, kind of the, the default service for looking at uh, profile and build and what have you. But the picture he sent me when I was talking to him after the story had him next to Mario, who's six, four, and he was like barely shorter than Mario. So who even knows if he's actually six foot one, um, you know, you talk about how he's going to get to play a full season this year. That's something we didn't get last year. And I think we're still kind of dealing with the, some of the, the consequences from that is not getting to see these guys in person, get accurate measurables. Um, and so we, there's just a little bit of uncertainty there, but yeah, just winding down kind of the reaction that I have from this commitment uh, from the analysis, I should say by, by Garcia, um, you definitely like the fluidity, especially with, I, I love watching wide receivers cause they can just get so creative, but if you flip that, that like, they just have to be so hard to guard as a defensive back. Like I know they, I think they say maybe it's similar, like in basketball, like watch the hips to kind of see where they're going. But when, when a, a receiver can hit you with, you know, any kind of combination of moves, if you can't change direction, you're, you're in for a long day. And uh, it sounds like uh, Florence definitely checks that out. And then he also plays pretty physical. I saw some good uh, pass breakups there when I was watching his film earlier. So, you know, he's, he's not the most highly rated guy, but I think, you know, like we were saying with the talent in San Diego, how he projects, he has a really impressive offer sheet. I believe it was close to 20 schools. Um, you know, Michigan certainly one of the bigger programs in the big 10, but everything that we're saying, Reed, I think just kind of, leads lends us to believe this is another big addition for Oregon right exactly and I and I think especially in this cycle with with talking about you know recruiting rankings you have to keep in mind that last season was was shortened for a lot of players there wasn't as much opportunity for in-person evaluations and that junior season is huge for boosting your rating so I think um, you know maybe in this coming season we could see a lot of those ratings catch up to kind of what we're talking about in terms of visibility on the field um and so it'll be interesting to see how that story develops over this coming season yeah and that's a good point too he's only going to grow more uh as he has another season to to go um here in his high school career and then i think another cool note with this commitment it's good that they're getting a cornerback now because one of the cool uh you know, aspects of recruiting, the really good teams, they're getting all their recruiting done now. I don't think it's a coincidence that this class is starting to fill up more and ultimately it's going to get more selective as we get close to the season. Cause you know, Mario and his staff, they, they want to just get ahead of this thing, get all the guys locked down as that, that they can. And then if they have the five stars, like say a Josh Connerly or a higher end guy like Anthony Lucas, that maybe I feel like you know, historically have kind of liked to draw the process out more, or a lot of these guys still want to take their officials to see what a game day environment's like, then they're not in the situation where they're like, shoot, we still have to get half of our class, but we can't roll out the red carpet for these high profile guys. Right, exactly. And, you know, speaking of the finish to this class, I'll just uh, plug a story that I that I put up just now on Ducks Digest or, or will be published soon if it isn't uh, up when you listen to this. Um, kind of outlining what the finish to this 2022 recruiting class could be. So it's called Final Forecast. Basically, it's just me going down the list and projecting what I think is the most likely finish to the Oregon recruiting class right now. 
Um, I included 23 commitments in that story, including some pretty big names um, and some decisions that are looming here over the course of the next month. Um, so I would highly encourage you to go check that out on Duck's Digest. Um, yeah, and, and it was a, it's one of the stories that I like to write most. I put a lot of research into trying to compile the most accurate list. So uh, go give that a read. Exactly. Yeah. And you, so that's an updated version of your final forecast read. Um, but I think your, the first one that you posted had Florence in, in it. So, mm -hmm. um, good looks there on, on getting that projection. Uh, you know, you, you, you're spot on there. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely something people should check out. And then before we get out of here, I know this is a little bit of a quicker episode. Um, the last note on there, uh, Roderick Robinson is a running back at, at Lincoln. So he's teammates with both of the Jaleels. Uh, you figure if the Ducks do end up getting Jaleel Tucker, uh, he's got his decision coming up uh, in just over a week, August 20th. Uh, if they get both of the Jaleels, you got to figure that puts them in great shape for Robinson, who's a bigger back, hasn't even played a game in his junior season, 6'1", 220. He was out here for SNL. The last thing we want to talk about here uh, is we got an updated roster from Oregon football today. Uh, with all of the updated heights and weights for the team moving forward. And there are some huge dudes, Reed. So, I mean, where do we even start? There's so many names here, but I thought we could kind of just run through some of the weights that maybe stand out to us. Yeah, for me, the two ones that kind of jump off the page first are Terrence Ferguson and Maliki Matavao, the two freshman tight ends. Uh, Ferguson standing at 6'6", 243 pounds. Matavao at 6'6", 263 pounds. Um, that's your size that you don't see almost ever from a freshman tight end. Uh, those guys look like physically they're going to be ready to contribute from day one um, if they can adjust to that kind of college level. So that was really exciting. Another freshman that I thought uh, looked like um, – kind of more of a upperclassman body early on was Byron Cardwell. Um, he in pictures has looked like a chiseled back and, and he, um, you know, had the measurables coming in uh, to seem like he could be an immediate contributor as well. Yeah. It, it's always a good thing to have a, a back, you know, you're talking about Cardwell six foot two ten. it looks like on the roster. So if he comes in to, I mean, comes in the weight program, that's that much less work that the, the strength staff needs to do to kind of get him ready. So that's always good. Uh, running through some other ones that stood out to me, uh, a lot has been made of the, the freshman wideouts. So we could just mention uh, some of them. We have, uh, let's see, we have Dante Thornton coming in at 6'5", 197. So I thought that was pretty encouraging that he's already, uh, you know, closer to, to 200 pounds when we're looking on which side of 190 he's on. Troy Franklin, 6'2", 169. So he's, he's, you know, pretty light and I'm sure he's looking to put more, more uh, weight on, but I think he showed that his weight isn't an issue with how well he did in the spring game. I mean, that's only a small sample size, but still. Uh, and then we got Isaiah Rivard, 6'3", 210. And then what would we, what would we do if we didn't talk about the linemen? I feel like those are the biggest numbers that everybody wants to look at. Uh, KT, 6'5", 258. Uh, so he's looking pretty big starting nose tackle, Brandon Dorless, six, three, two eighty four. Um, I believe the staff wants to get him closer to 300. Um, that's definitely a talking point that they've had, but I'm, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, of evading me right now. Um, and then now I'm on the backside, uh, looking at 47 through 99. 
but I don't want to take all of the names here. Um, how about you read any of ones? Yeah. Another one I would say is, is you talk about kind of those nose tackles getting close to 300. A guy who's there is Popo Amave right now. Um, and, and he's going to step into a room with more opportunity after the departure of Jordan Scott. Uh, so I think Popo is a guy that I'm looking at as a potential breakout player who seems like he's been doing the right things in the weight room so far to kind of set himself up for a really, uh, really promising season. Yep. No doubt. Yeah. Gotta, gotta get the the defensive lineman as big as possible. It feels like, but you want to make sure they have the bend, the explosion, the athleticism to go with it. Uh, Mace Funa, 6'3", 265. That's pretty huge. Uh, Trevin Maia, uh, maybe a, a name that I think a lot of people have forgotten about coming from powerhouse Bishop Gorman. He's uh, listed as an outside linebacker, 6'4", 267. He looked pretty good in the spring game. He flashed a little bit in my mind. Um, Jackson Powers Johnson, freshman offensive lineman, 6'4", 305. Uh, TJ Bass, starting lineman, 6'5", 318. We can just look at the starters here. Logan Sagapolu, 6'2", 344. My word. Um, <laughs> what else do we have here? Uh, Sala, 6'6", 315. Steven Jones, uh, another guy that's heavily in the rotation at offensive line, 6'5", 332. Uh, okay, we have pronunciations here, so hopefully I don't butcher this too bad. We have Faope, Laolo, La- <laughs> oh my gosh, I- I'm just butchering this even worse because I'm working at it. We're going to get this though. Hold on, stay with me, folks. Faope is right, so we got that one. Laolo, what do you, what do you do? How about you take a shot at that read? What do you think? Um, okay. Feope Laulu. Man, I feel like we're maybe even just making it worse. We all know who we're talking about. Number 75. Um, he's coming out of Hawaii, Honolulu specifically. 6'6", 360. This is a guy who came in. He might have honestly been north of 400 pounds. I, I, someone has to fact check me there, but I know for a fact he was closer to 400 than 350. Um, but I saw him at practice and that dude is chiseled now. Like just compared to how I saw him on film when he was in high school, he, he looks like a college lineman now. Um, and, and he's, he's someone to be excited about freshman Kingley Kingsley Sum, Sumataya, six, six, three, 17. Um, what else? Anybody else? George Moore, six, six, three, 24, Alex Forsyth, six, three, three, Oh, three. And I believe that is all the offensive linemen, DJ Johnson. This is the last big one. How about this? Starting uh, tight end, 6'4", 273. And that dude is an athlete if I've ever seen one. I don't think I saw him get tackled by just one person the entirety of last season. That dude is so hard to bring down. And he only needs, like, read, like, five to seven steps maybe to, to get ahead of steam. And then it's it's a scary sight. Yeah, he's got some serious bursts on him with the acceleration, like you mentioned. Uh, he gets up to speed quick and and doesn't move like most people who are at 273, that's for sure. Right on. Well, uh, yeah, I think that that uh, about does it for us here in this episode. Jaleel Florence, another big commitment for Oregon, uh, you know, adding to the class of 2022 and getting that first cornerback. Very crucial move. Uh, before we get out of here, Reed, where can people find more of your work? Yeah, you can find my work, obviously, over on Ducks Digest. Uh, I do a lot of stuff covering recruiting there and a little bit on on the football side as well. Um, and then you can also listen to me individually uh, and my co-host, Charlie, on the Quacked Out podcast if you're looking for even more Ducks content uh, in your feed. Right on. Good stuff. You can find more of my work 
uh, obviously at Ducks Digest, running the show over there. And then um, we have a bunch of other podcast episodes here. This is actually our 10th episode, I believe. Um, so we've kind of been firing them off. Really fun to hop on the mic and, and record stuff. Got great stuff with Dylan Rubin King, Ryan Winter, aka Sports Chat 503. I feel like all the Oregon people know who I'm talking about there. So that's really fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, plenty of good stuff. Follow me on Twitter at mtorussports. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, just Max Taurus. Tons of stuff coming up, going on and new content coming up all the time. But that'll do it here on the Ducks Digest podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good day and we'll see you in the next one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.